everybody, to the Eric Andrews Lang Show. This is your host, Eric. Uh, we're in Palm Springs right now, which is obviously as relaxing as I feel. I feel very relaxed, which is great because um, you need some time down. You know, you need some downtime, y'all. What do you do on the weekends? What happens on Saturday and Sunday? Do you work on the weekends? Do you do you take them off? Do you get out? Do you grind? Do you hit the range? Um. I will say that uh, I got in last Sunday morning, and so it's been a good week back. Um, started off with a good little a little hit over at Rancho Park in Los Angeles. Man, you know, there's something about coming home um, to the to the places that are so familiar. So Rancho is obviously an important part of that. And I did end up, uh, this week went over to Wilshire. Wilshire, I prefer to call it. I don't call it Wilshire. I don't know why I pronounced it that way. You know, sometimes you do that when you just you pronounce something a way you've never pronounced it. I wonder what's going on in the brain to make it just sort of pronounce it differently. Um, anyway, not Wilshire. I went to Wilshire and played a played a nine holes there, and I'll be honest, I missed it. Uh, I really felt at home there as well, but uh, I do still recognize my decision as being valuable and important for where I'm at in my life right now. Being so busy, you know, the money the money that goes to golf is just, you, you got to focus on it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so anyway, it was nice to go there in any capacity, as a guest or whatever. I mean, that's the funny thing about, right, life is it just sort of you go back to places and they remind you of everything. In fact, I was driving uh, to the airport on Tuesday night and I was talking to my parents, checking in with them. What's up, mom? What's up, dad? Um and we were talking and, you know, we were just kind of wrapping up the trip in Japan and just how much of an incredible uh, moment it was for me and my team, like just how far we've come working for the USGA in another country, being to some extent the, um, you know, the voice of what they're trying to say in, in some small capacity, obviously, but for a, a relatively large event was quite an honor. And, you know, I was talking about my parents, and obviously I have a brother and a sister, and, you know, everyone in my family has a uh, master's or a uh, doctorate or a uh, law degree. Um, and, you know, I dropped out of high school. So it, it, it's kind of a funny feeling for me because a lot of times I struggle with feeling like, and this is in golf too, um, like I belong. So it it's kind of a it's kind of a head turner for me, right? I kind of snap my neck around when I feel like, wow, I, I do belong here, you know? And, and even though I don't hold the course Augusta national in like ultra high regard, um, I do recognize its value and its difficulty to play. And for some reason playing there in the lucky stroke of opportunity that was bestowed upon me, that, that made me feel like I belonged. And so did the USGA. So I was talking to my parents about that, that opportunity and, kind of how that came about, um, the long journey of making a film for the USGA. And that's going to come up on the YouTube soon. I'm, I'm kind of still working on some tweaks now that it's my video and, um, you know, ma- made made in part for them. And, and then it was edited in a way that fit their um, syllabus for the USGA uh, project. But uh, but we're, we're kind of re-editing it. So we'll, we'll put that up soon. But it's really cool. It's all about the municipal golf and how important that is to getting new people into the game and aspects to golf that I think a lot of times, you know, we overlook. Obviously, I, I think I know why you come to this podcast. 
but um, but you know one one of the things that I look at really is the deeper discussions of golf, whether it's you playing, why you play, who you play with, but also sort of the the cultivation, the 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 way the culture. The, the, the cultivation of the culture of golf. Wow. That's a, that's an annoying statement right there. Um, but you know, like public golf, private golf, uh, how we take care of golf courses, right? Obviously, uh, Brian's podcast from two weeks ago about how golf courses are good for even non golfers was very interesting. Um, but anyway, we, we were talking about this whole thing and the USGA, we were talking about that and just how far we've come, right? Me and my crew, and um, at that moment, I was driving by the building that was the first building I ever walked inside in Los Angeles. It must have been 16 years ago. And I had, I, the first time I had ever been in L.A., I landed in, at night into Long Beach on JetBlue. It had just started. It was a new airline then. And I got off the plane and took a cab. I didn't realize Long Beach was like 10,000 miles from Los Angeles. I got in like an hour cab ride, and I went to the address that I was told to go to. There were no smartphones. I was given an address, and I and I went there, and it was uh, I was going to see David. I worked for David LaChapelle at the time, the photographer, the uh, sort of um, well-known fashion photographer, still doing that and making films, who ultimately urged me to become a documentary filmmaker, which then turned into golf content creator, which I guess is one of my titles. Um, but we, uh, I, I take the cab and I go to David LaChapelle is having a, is, is attending a party that is a birthday party for Christina Aguilera. And so I drove right by that little warehouse in Culver city, um, as we were talking about it. And I don't know, it was a moment, but, uh, and even now it's funny to be back in Palm Springs, which has obviously been a part of my life in a lot of different ways. Um, you know. And now it's fun to be here as a guest of David Woods, essentially, the director of golf at the Vintage Club, which I didn't really know much about. But the Vintage Club in Palm Springs, I'm sorry, Palm Desert, but, you know, I guess you could call the whole general area Palm Springs. But once you get kind of used to it, you realize that this entire, you know, sprawling uh, oasis in the desert is massive with hundreds plus golf courses. And so the Vintage Club is essentially the, uh, I mean, there's a lot of ways to describe it. It's obviously super nice, very good golf. Tom Fazio, uh, I think, did both the courses, maybe just one. But you got two courses, the Mountain and the Desert, and it's private. It's basically the Billionaire's Club. It's it's really, really fancy. You've got Bill Gates. You've got uh, the Koch brothers. You've got, uh, you've got uh, Rick Kane the creator of Terra Edie, and to some extent, David, in some of the conversations I was having with him, was telling me that uh, Terra Edie, which we was lucky enough to have just visited on our trip to New Zealand, forthcoming New Zealand vlogs, very excited to get those out, have no idea when those will hit your screens, um, probably a couple months from now. But anyway, Terra Edie is in some part thankful to the Vintage Club for its inception because... A lot of the members of Terry Eady are members of the Vintage Club, and um, I, I, you know the vintage. You know, it's it's one of these things where it's like it's a beautiful private course, and you know, at this point in my life, I actually am struggling with this concept of you know I get I'm now at the point where I'm getting invited to a lot of private clubs, and I'm not. It's not even remotely considered that I would pay, which is a strange, strange, strange 
strange feeling. Um, it's obviously very fun, but at the same time, I uh, I almost don't want to get comfortable with it. I don't want to get used to it. I mean, it's nice, but it's also just like, I don't know, like, why can't everybody come? You know, why can't we all just roll? And on some level, too, it's now this thing, too, where, you know, whenever I step on a golf course, on some level, I'm working, right? It's my job. And I don't say that to mean, like, I'm working, like, like as if it's, like, work, work. What I mean is, like, uh, now it's, like, we're very likely... Um, I almost want to back up for a second. It, it's it's not that I'm working. It's It's really that, like... Well, I guess to get totally straightforward, it's that I, I, I had to kind of look at my behavior and realize now that people are looking at me thinking, oh, that's the guy from Adventures in Golf, and uh, why is he uh, uh, making, like, you know, like, jokes that aren't quite, you know, that don't fit into this scenario, or, you know, why doesn't he have a belt, or, you know, it's like, it's like all of a sudden now, I feel like I have to pay more attention to the rules almost, which is a strange feeling for me. And, and I've gotten better at it. Like I actually, strangely on this trip, I did something I've never done. I only packed golf shirts and even the same with New Zealand. So even though I went to rustic on Sunday, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Rancho, I wore a collar and you know, uh, it, it, even though I'll be playing a course with no dress code, I will probably still wear a collar. And now that's just become my golf outfit. Um, and it's a strange feeling. It's a really, really weird feeling because I used to hate collars. Part of it could be that some of the style has gotten better. Um, maybe there's a general shift in style. Maybe collars are getting cooler. I don't know. Curious to know your thoughts on that, actually. You know, again, um, if you have any questions or comments, hit up the Eric Lang show at gmail.com. I think that's the email address. Or just DM me on Instagram. I, I've been so behind on those. I've been, I know I've... I, uh, I try to filter through them and any questions I try to answer them and, um, you know, any meaningful thank yous or stuff like that. I, I really do try to get to those when I can, but I know there's a big backlog. So if you've messaged me and I haven't responded, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just like, I don't want to give it to somebody else to do. Like, I don't want to give it to one of our interns to read all those messages because I know they're very personal, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, I try. That's the main thing. That's the, the main, main thing. But anyway, um, so we're out here, and, and I'm struggling with this feeling of like, oh, great, I'm playing all the best courses, and now it's just easy. And I don't want to get away from what adventures in golf is, what my life was, right? Like, it used to be so, like, it used to be like, all right, where's the cheapest course? Let's go play there at Twilight. That's that's the game. And I don't know. I just I just don't want to get away from that, you know? So I don't want to turn into the guy who just plays private courses that are really fancy. And then, you know, I don't know. You just, you're just like, oh, that's cool. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I'm sure I'll find some clarity on that in a bit. But what, well, I guess what's the interesting way of looking at that is, you know, being at the Vintage Club, obviously, very nice, obviously, uh, very, very, very high end situation. Someone texted me, a friend of mine said, is it as good as I've heard it is? And yeah, I mean, the answer is yes. It's like the turf is bonkers. I, I've never seen grass quite that healthy. I think there must be some type of uh, amphetamine in the grass to make it grow so pure. Like every blade of grass is totally straight. It just goes straight up. Every lie is perfect, even in the rough. 
Um, but, uh, oh, I got to tell you guys about the kingdom. That's right. I'll get back to that. Um, so, but the cool thing about the Vintage Club, and we're going to make a film about this, I've decided, is that uh, David, uh, David Woods, the director of golf down there, who invited me out very nicely, very generous, um, it, it works with, you know, there's a, there's a part of a golf course that when, they, when you run the golf course, there's obviously many, many people you need to hire, right? There's the greenskeepers, there's maintenance, right? There's people that need to work, people need to fix the lawnmowers and stuff. Uh, people need to work in the pro shop. People need to sell merchandise in the pro shop. People need to buy merchandise to sell in the pro shop. People need to work in the restaurant and in the da da da. And you know, and then there's a group of people that work in what's called outside services. This would be the guys from Cart Barn Guys, right? You know those guys. They shoot the stingers over at Papago. And so the outside services is kind of uh, you know, it's it's a specific cash cachet uh or maybe lack of cachet of working for a golf course and some of you probably are currently cleaning clubs or wiping down a golf cart at 4 a.m or 8 p.m after sunset um you know and colt did this as well at true north but you know it's this kind of uh band of brothers if you will that that greet you when you arrive that clean your clubs when you leave and that take care of the golf carts and um, there's probably other tasks they have that I don't even know about yet. But at the Vintage Club, they hire nine guys to do outside services, and they are part of a select group, a team, if you will, called the Red Shirts. And so they all wear red shirts, which should be relatively obvious from the way they're described. But uh, they basically go, they arrive, so Palm Springs' main golf season is the winter, um, and the Red Shirts don't have a job in the summer, essentially. So they go to other courses. This is normal. I'm sorry. This is normal outside services in Palm Springs. They'll come out for the winter, and then they go back to another course for the summer, for example, in, you know, the Northeast or the Northwest, you know, somewhere where they don't have a winter golf season. And this happens with caddies. It happens with a lot of golf professionals. You'll have guys that caddy at, you know, Shinnecock, and then they go down to Seminole. Um, That's very common. But this particular group of of um of people that run the that work on the outside services team are all in and of themselves PGA professionals. And I think from what I understand from David, this is the only situation where that occurs. And so not only are they PGA professionals, some of these guys are head pros of legit top two hundred courses around the world. We met a guy named Evan this morning who's the head pro at uh, Rock Creek um in uh there's a longer name for it in Montana. And um it's just such a cool story. So I'm actually curious if anyone's listening, if you've heard about this or if you know any other stories around this, um, you know, concept, because I want to make a film about it. I think it's just a really cool, um, you know, thing that I didn't know about. That's a kind of a cool, I think it speaks to the culture of the vintage club and just sort of how interesting it is, the opportunity to work there, et cetera. So like I said, if you know anything about that, let me know. Um, I'm going to take a quick break, go to a commercial, and uh, be right back to talk about the kingdom and uh, Stone Eagle. And what else? Uh, oh, the office. we got a putting green in the office. Anyway, uh, I'll be right back. All right, everybody. Time to hear from maybe what's soon to become your best friend, Blue Chew. Okay, here's the deal. Do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? I'm not talking about going to the bathroom. I'm talking about increasing your performance and getting that extra confidence. You guessed it, on the driving range. Nope, I mean in bed. 
Seriously, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue, not the color that your balls were before you got this wonderful. Okay, moving on. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's the real deal. I've tried it, and I'm afraid to say I couldn't leave the house for beep. And it's the stuff that works, exclamation point. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can even eat them in a sandwich. I'm just kidding. I haven't actually looked into that. But the point is, even on a full stomach, because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. For example, after getting your sandwich at Chick-fil-A and you realize that maybe you were hungry for something else. That's the phone ringing, folks, but it's not Blue Chew calling me to tell me that this ad is unairable. It's someone else calling me to find out if I really use Blue Chew. Anyway, hang on, because here's the deal. This isn't just for guys with dysfunction. It's for any guy who wants extra function and to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Now, here is actually an interesting subject, because have I? do I realize that you can always be better at something that you're not the best? Tiger Woods, for example. All right, I'm going to leave that there. I'm not going to go any further. Anyway, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. That means that it doesn't say Blue Chew all over it. I'm going to get laid in four minutes. So there's no in-person doctor's visit and no waiting at the pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness unless you eat a lot of Blue Chew before the date. Okay, moving on. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. That means you listening right now. Pull over the lawnmower, get out your pen and paper. You're going to go to bluechew.com and get your first shipment free. Free? Wait, hang on. Free? You're going to get your first... Jeez, I'm going to text this to everybody except... Mom and Dad, please skip past this. This is embarrassing. Anyway, you're going to get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code ERIC, E-R-I-K. Don't spell my name wrong this time, folks. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue, B-L-U-E, chew, C-H-E-W.com. Promo code ERIC, E-R-I-K, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, folks. You know my favorite golf shoe don't you i think you do it's three stripe life y'all and that means adidas um and so anyway i just wanted to tell you that when i i i'm i'm a big fan of the tour 360 obviously and uh they've made a huge update to the tour 360 and uh the two letters that it's concerned with are the letters x and t okay the tour 360 xt changes the game okay it's lighter so your feet feel even better after a round. By the way, a light golf shoe is what I'm all about. A heavy, there are some other companies making heavy golf shoes. And I'm just like, by the way, I weigh enough. There's enough going on. I'm carrying a golf bag. I'm carrying my team. Um, Tor XT changes the game. It's lighter so your feet feel even better after a round. And it still features that boost, y'all. Do you know where boost comes from? It And boost is cool because it only comes in black and white. I don't know if you noticed that. And actually, they the guy who made Boost like was going to bring it to some other, you know, they, they were shopping it around, and everyone else said no. Adidas was like, I'll take that Boost, even though it's only black and white. And what did Adidas do with it? They made it awesome. I'm looking at Boost right now on my feet. Boost on my feet. Uh, and it has an X-shaped traction system that gives you insane stability. Literally, it's not sane. It's literally crazy. Your feet will literally be like, I'm crazy. Best part, it comes in spikeless. Ooh, that's tight. The first spikeless ever in the history of the Tour 360. 
Crazy comfortable and perfect for the course. Get your pair at adidas.com. Thank me later. Follow Adidas Golf for all the latest and greatest. That's all true statements right there. Check it out. Go support Adidas because they're a good company, good people. I like it. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. All right, we're back. Got a little glass of water. You need water in the desert, y'all. The caddy, the caddy today kept telling me, you, "Have you had enough water?" After I'd hit a bad shot, he'd say, "Have you had enough water?" Uh, played Stone Eagle, Tom Doak's uh, masterpiece in the desert, also his only course in Cali that he's developed. Uh, it's an incredible spot. I, um, again, it's uber private. I don't even know how you play there. I don't know. I got lucky. Just seven said, "You want to play here?" I was like, "Okay." It's money. And it's funny because it's a lot like Bally Neal. And, um, you know, um, I had the opportunity to play Bally Neal in October. It's a wonderful course in Colorado. Um, thanks to Mr. Wyatt Holiday. Love you, man. Great, great, great outing you brought us on. But, um, you know, when I played Bally Neal, I probably... Um, I probably need to play it again because I left feeling like I liked the par three course more. And I think that's because I had more fun uh, on the par three. And I've recently come into a phase of my own golf where I'm kind of, you know, I've talked about this a little bit on the pod, but I'll delve into a little bit right now. But I, I kind of, you know, in filming Adventures in Golf and in filming uh, the Scotland vlogs, I mean, we, we didn't always play a full round and we're always grinding. And I don't mean grinding on the grooves of the club. I mean, grinding on... The filming, right? You know, running around, getting the shots, you know, whatever we got to do, flying the drone. And you don't always have time to sort of find that ball that's sort of just off the fairway or definitely keep a score. It's totally different. And, and Colt has a lot to say on this. Like he's never, uh, he prior to Scotland, he had never played an incomplete round, you know, and that's common, right? And so I think one of the things that I sort of got fully into was not playing a complete round over the last year or years you know, Adventures in Golf, even when I, uh, in Adventures in Golf, like the Miura episode, for example, we went to Ishikawa outside of Himeji, Japan, and uh, filmed with Mr. Miura for several days. And then there's a scene in there toward the end where we go play golf. And we only played three holes, you know. Um, and that's because for the needs of the filming, which is the priority at that point, we only needed to play three holes. Um, with the exception of Askernish and uh, The Longest Day, which is the Band and Solstice episode, we don't really play full rounds um, in these in these episodes. Some some of them, I, I'm probably missing a lot of other examples where we do, but, you know, usually we're just kind of out there. So, you know, during the Bally Neal time, I was kind of just not on my game, you know, and what's funny is, is recently... Uh, in probably just the past couple months, uh, I've kind of started taking my game more seriously and playing more golf. And so it was really fun to play LA, uh, country club on Thursday and actually come away with a score. You know, um, I think I had one birdie, but one double and, uh, one birdie, one double five bogeys. And that was it. And the rest were pars and one birdie. Like, and, and it's crazy because, you know, I, uh, I just, 
I don't normally put a score together. I don't, I don't really usually count that much because I'm just counting on something else being more important, right? Like whether it's the filming or something else. Um, so anyway, you know, playing Stone Eagle today, I was focused on score, you know? I didn't actually keep a score because I lost a few too many balls. I probably shot like an 85 or something. But, um, but you know, I eagled 10, which is incredible. It was like a kind of a relatively short par four, two seventy uphill, three wood, drove the green somehow, and sank a twenty footer, twenty five footer, and um, ah, that's just golf, you know what I mean? And and I know probably like a lot of people listen to this. You you probably mostly play full rounds, or you work in golf, or when, you know when you do get out, which is I'm curious to know. I got to do a little survey here at some point of you know uh, how often we play golf, right? I'm curious to know. Is it once a week? Is it three times a week? Is it once a month? Um, because I think in a lot of ways that determines how much value we put on the game itself, right? What does it mean? Um, you know, obviously I play a lot of golf, so, you know, it's easy for me to just sort of like, eh, whatever, and like move on and play the next course. And I talked about this on the last episode, um, you know, does it stop meaning something? And, you know, um, especially when I'm not playing I'm sorry, especially when I'm not working, like when we're just playing and I'm just sort of posting a few pics on my Instagram or something, that's when I really get to enjoy it. And I'm telling I mean, it is a wonderful feeling and I'm really grateful for that. Um, but, but I'd like to go back to Bally Neal now that I've kind of gotten back into this mode of actually just playing, like just, just really first tee, 18th green, let's go. What's going to happen in the next four hours or maybe three or five. Um, so, Anyway, yeah, it, the, 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 my first impression of Tom Doak was that he was brutal and unfair. But after playing Kidnappers, after playing Terra Edie, after playing, um, you know, today at Stone Eagle, I've, I've really developed a much more uh, of a fond feeling for Mr. Doak and his work. I, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but when Stuart got his hole-in-one at Kidnappers, wait for that video, y'all, Ace Cam was live. We had a drone, we had a camera on the tee box, and it's real. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it's just, it's almost unbelievable. But I was there and I saw it and we have video evidence. Um, he, uh, you know, I, we, I commented on Stewart's photo and I said that, you know, first Scott to get a hole-in-one at Kidnappers, uh, at, at Tom Doak's masterpiece, and I tagged him. And Tom Doak wrote back and said, oh, is that number eight? That's such an underrated hole. So happy for you. And, and you know, I don't know. It was just a cool moment. So I'm looking forward to exploring more of his work and more of the, architecture of golf, right? It's so interesting to revisit Palm Springs, which is not really known for being on the edge of the um, sort of this current trend in golf course design, which is towards the natural. And what's great about Stone Eagle is there's no house, there's not a house on the track. And it's just you're out there. It's like you're on Mars. Um, there's not much of a, a club vibe there. It's very rustic. And you're basically you show up and you and you just play. Uh, there is a restaurant, but it's 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 sort of um, it's it's not like a it's not like a club club, it's a golf club, and that's I like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so so um, got to go to the Kingdom on Friday, which I mean, ah, ooh, uh, talk about getting into the game, talk about grinding, talk about your sticks, your tools. The Kingdom is next level. Lucky enough to announce a partnership with TaylorMade. So I'll be uh, very excited to join the team of some of the best players in the world uh, who use TaylorMade equipment uh, preciously to uh, Rory, obviously, DJ, 
Justin, I'm sorry, DJ, um, uh, Jason Day, Tiger Woods, John Rahm, Bo Hostler, so many great guys out there just gaming the TaylorMades. I ended up getting fit with 760s, uh, which are a cross between the 790s, which have this like speed foam insert. I currently have the 790s, but they, they go a little long for me. Like every once in a while, I'll have like 185 and I'll hit a six iron and it'll just sail the green. And that's that speed foam just kind of giving me a little too much launch and a little not enough spin. So we went down to the 760s, which was an interesting um, place for me because I'm basically sacrificing a lot of distance with the 760s. My seven, my six iron is going to go 175 now as opposed to 190, but it'll be a more consistent 175. And, and you're going to get that um, low trajectory, low launch with high spin. So it'll be more consistent on where the ball falls. Um, so... I am very excited to get those clubs in the bag and see how that changes my scores because, like I said, now I'm starting to get into that. And I'm, you know, I went on a big bender a couple years ago trying to break par. And the closest I could get was 74, which was two over, obviously. I've shot that score twice in my life. And I've also shot a 75, 76s, you know, and then upwards from there, obviously, more frequently. But uh, but I feel like this new uh, setup is really gonna is really gonna propel my game into the next level, and uh, you know I mean just so happy to be uh, down with the crew with the TM crew. The Kingdom is basically a uh, driving range in Carlsbad with a like NASA studio attached to it, and I went in there and I did everything. I did the launch monitor. I put on like a vest with some balls on it. I look like uh, Andy Circus, you know Gollum from Lord of the Rings, like with a little hat on and I had booties on and they were, and I were filming every part of my swing and, uh, you know, just, just worked through every club in the bag down driver to putter, every little thing. And I mean, I've been fit before I went to true spec and got a great fitting, um, in the fall when my clubs got stolen. And that was an incredible experience. That's what they call a brand agnostic fitting. And you can get that at, um, uh, I can't remember the name places, but you know, there's, there's a couple other places where you can get fit for that. And you know, you pay, I think 500 bucks and then you get, uh, you pay for the clubs and it's actually the same at the kingdom. I heard it's 650 to get fit. And you know, you're obviously going to be playing tailor-mades through the bag, whatever you get fit for. But I mean, you know, I can't imagine uh, a better setup, right? I, I am pumped. And you know, I wasn't even planning on really switching putters, but when I looked at the uh the specs on the spider x that they gave me and i was like whoa i mean that's just a better putter like hands down like i am putting better i'm more consistently um you know i mean a lot of this stuff about the game of golf especially in scores about consistency so i don't know but the thing is you could be listening and you're like yo i just started golf like i want to just get used clubs from roger dunn and then i want to get rid of them in three months and get more new used clubs for the same price I mean, I was there too, you know, and I think for that, it's just about learning as much as you can online about what clubs you're getting and just finding the best club for you. You know what I mean? It's easy to look at swing speed, find out what shaft you need, and then just play around with what head you like. And I mean, at some point, the game of golf is just about putting a consistent swing on the ball, right? If you're going to be playing for score. And then if the other game you're looking for is having fun, well, geez, I mean, just check out some videos online. Check out some of the videos we make. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, the kingdom was a rare and special opportunity that I'm, we made a sick video. It's, it's so techie. It's so much science. I'm, I'm so into that stuff. You know, my dad is a science guy. He loves math, loves, uh, you know, uh, he's a physics guy. 
So he's looking at all sorts of things, right? And he explained to me why the golf ball flies, which I didn't know. And it's basically the dimples on the ball when they spin. When the ball spins, the dimples act as miniature wings. That's why RPMs are so important because they they determine how high the ball goes based on the lift that's created from each little dimple spinning through the air and creating lift like a plane wing. You notice the bottom of a plane wing is kind of like a dimple on a ball. It's the same thing, except the plane wing doesn't spin. It just goes through the air. So anyway, that's a mouthful and a half, but... Um, <laughs> But I don't know. It's just been a great time, and I'm and I've been having fun, uh, relaxing. Uh, look, a lot of travel coming up. Uh, getting ready to go to um, the Kia Classic down there in Carlsbad for the LPGA, and do some podcasts down there, and do some filming. And then after that, Monday we head out to uh, Atlanta. Well, first we're gonna go to Sweden's Cove, everybody. Oh, hey, yo, if y'all listening and you want to go to the uh, meetup at Sweden's Cove, we're gonna have. I'm pretty sure it's going to be on April 2nd, and I don't know the details of it. Er, yeah, I, I got to check with them, actually, first. I'll post it on my Instagram. Just stay tuned on my Insta story for the details of the Sweetens Cove hang. We're going to have a hang in Augusta as well. We're going to be in Atlanta for a couple of days. We're going to go to East Lake. We're going to go to the Bobby Jones Reversible 9. We're going to go to um, Atlanta Athletic Club. And we're going to go to Aiken. We're going to go, hopefully, Palmetto, Sage Valley. It's going to be a whole slew of Georgia vlogs which I'm really excited about. And uh, we're going to hopefully, I don't have a ticket for the Masters, but, you know, I figure I'll find something. I'll, I'll scrounge up something the way I do. We're going to find a ticket somewhere. Um, but obviously the Masters is a great tournament, and I'm excited to be there with all the friends and people that we've met in golf. I mean, it was funny being on Stone Eagle today. Someone came up and they're like, hey, I met you at Vintage yesterday. And, you know, showed up to Vintage, and the guy's like, yeah, I was at Terry Edie when you were there. It's like, man, the golf world is so small. So generous, so big, right? It's everything, right? And I just love walking through the golf world, right? I feel like so, I could get really sentimental, right? If I think about how much the golf world has actually given me. And, you know, so when I look at like the current state of my golf life, you know, Wilshire, LA, Vintage Club, Stone Eagle, you know, I mean, it's a wonderful opportunity, you know? And I just... I don't, I don't know if you're listening and you're new to golf. It's not what it's all about. It's fun, sure, but I mean, food is food, you know what I mean? And there's great food in the dingiest dives, you know? And, you know, coveting a nice course is fine, but it's still golf, you know? And it's definitely, it's definitely nice to go out there. And, you know, obviously we all judge a course. Can't help it. But I've found that even on the worst courses, quote unquote, supposedly based on whatever, based on, I don't know, conditions. I mean, Goat Hill, like I can't wait to go play Goat Hill next week in Carlsbad. We did a meetup there like a month ago and I had the best time, you know, that's such a fun course, you know, it's hard. It's a difficult course, you know what I mean? You got to be able to put the ball in the place you want to put it. But, you know, I mean, at some point you're looking for vibes, you know, you're looking for people who plays on this course. What does this say about us? What does this, what does this say? And so, you know, I'm really excited to continue doing adventures in golf. We're talking season four, folks. Very excited about season four. We've got a lot of big plans. A lot of them take place in the Southern Hemisphere, a.k.a. South Africa, if you've messaged me. Stay tuned. We're going to have some dates coming up probably in the next couple months. So we're going to look at heading down to South America Unfortunately, it's going to be the wrong time of year because it's going to be summer in America and that's our schedule. We'll have to figure that out. But 
really looking forward to continuing season four in a big way, you know, and really just, you know, there's a new team over at Scratch headed up by Sam Rayburn, who I really respect, came over from Vice, Vice, uh, Vice TV, Vice, uh, the magazine content media entity. Somehow the PGA Tour got him over, which is really exciting because he's such a great partner to have on board with a, with a, with a, um, with a brand that I really love and admire. Adventures in Golf is a show that's obviously very dear to my heart, and I'll do everything in my power to make sure that that show continues uh, on a great track to get people into golf, to keep people in golf, and to keep us wondering why we play, right? what, what, and, and to keep telling the stories that ultimately inspire us. You know, that's the most important thing to me, and so, you know, I think that's really just what it's all about, is what are you going to do to inspire? What are you doing? I ask myself that every day. We talked a little bit about Vintage Club, how the, the wealth of the members collectively, right? And then individually, we looked at, you know, there's, there's people here who are wealthy, right? There's people who are very wealthy. And then there are people here who are significant. And I wondered what was meant when that was said to me. What do you mean significant? He said, well, right here, we're in front of the guy's house who invented the UV protection, right? He, he came up with a technology to protect us from UVs. UV rays, whether it's suntan lotion, sunglasses, T-shirts, whatever it is, that technology keeps us from getting skin cancer. And so that's a significant person, right? Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, old Tom, maybe. Um, you know, he, he innovated golf in a way that was impressive and profound. Tom, uh, Tiger Woods, significant, right? He spoke to a new generation. And so I'm looking at significance and what I can do to to, to build on that. Jack Nicholas says that his legacy is the building of golf courses. Those will live forever. And, you know, that's, that's, that's probably true, right? Um, you know, I'm just thinking about significance and, and what does it all mean? What do we do with what we're given? How do we, how do we, how do we, how do we return the serve of opportunity? Right. That's an interesting thing to look at. It obviously comes down to preparedness, right? We need to be prepared. And so when I look at the opportunities that have come to me now based on the idea of driving by that little factory warehouse that I was in in Los Angeles 15 years ago or the other times I've been out to Palm Springs, you know, we're prepared now. We have a different set of tools, right? We change so much, and let's embrace that change with whatever that means, whether that's in our golf games. You know, I gave up score for a while, and now I'm back. I want to break par. Is that significant? I don't know. Maybe. Not even about that, really. But the idea is, what are we doing in addition to those small goals? What's the big goal? And Evan and I, my partner, we talk about this a lot with the company we've created, Lang Creative, where we where we try to focus on telling uh, stories, right, for for other companies that need help. That because we we do very well, right. It's very easy for us to tell that story. Obviously, coming from a documentary filmmaking background and now focusing on golf. Oh, I love it. It's two things I love deeply. I couldn't imagine anything more fun. Um, I'm fascinated by golf. I'm fascinated by filmmaking. And so, you know, that's a very easy thing for me to create and produce. And I, and it rolls off my tongue and I just love it. And that's why I can't wait to make this video about the red shirts at the vintage club. I can't wait, you know, uh, we're going to have a great time this week heading out to, um, you know, today we're heading out to, uh, the 29 Palms Marine Corps base with, with Benny Sergeant, uh, major Sergeant major. I don't know. I gotta get that right. Major schnoodle. Benny, you've been around, man. We've been around since day one. We went to the Invitational together. And uh, and Benny's going to set us up today with this big, rad opportunity to play golf with a bunch of Marines 
and uh, make an awesome event in the name of golf and the name of a brotherhood and togetherness. And that's what golf ultimately is. So it totally ties into the armed forces that we have that are around the world, that, that people give their lives, their livelihood, their lives, their family, everything. And I look at that and I really try to bring that into my golf game is what am I giving, right? A quote that I heard a long time ago that was made famous by someone I know is, I need all the help I can give. And sometimes when I get kind of ornery or selfish when I'm traveling and I get kind of annoyed or tired, I call Craig, my friend, my friend Craig T. Nelson, and I say, Craig, I'm annoyed and tired. And he says, yeah? Hmm. Have you helped anybody? <sighs> okay. How am I going to help somebody in Tokyo? What am I going to do? How am I going to help somebody in New Zealand? What am I going to do? Sometimes it just comes up to saying hi to somebody you don't know and letting them know that you see them. You know, a lot of times we talk in meditation class when I used to go about, uh, we called them neutral people. Neutral person. That's someone who doesn't reflect positively or negatively on you. A neutral person is a bank teller or a person at Starbucks or a person, a toll booth operator, clerk, waiter, uh, valet, hotel check-in, airline attendant. It's a person that you just pass by, TSA. It's someone that you have to interface with, whom you don't just make eye contact with, but you have to actually interface with. You have to either touch their hand or make eye contact with them or something. So that's a neutral person. And and the question in meditation class is, what do you bring to that interaction, to that neutral person? And as that's my question is, what do you bring to that? When you when you see that person, do you say hello? You know, do you look them in the eye and ponder the idea of asunder? Do you know what asunder is? I was turned on to the idea of asunder a little while ago, maybe a couple of years ago. Time is so relative. Sometimes I'd be like, that happened a week ago, and it was a year ago. Asunder is the idea that we all have our own lives. Every, each, each and every one of you listening, we all have our own lives. And, and you got to realize that you're listening to this podcast, but how many other people are listening to this podcast? Is there someone you know that's listening to this podcast and you don't even know it? I found that out. Someone has said that to me. Someone said, yeah, I was playing golf, and I asked my friend why they're in such a good mood. They seem so different on the golf course. And the guy responded, so I've been listening to this podcast, and it makes me enjoy golf more. <laughs> and, and the friend said, which podcast? And he said, Eric's. And the friend said, I listen to that podcast too. You dirty dog. What? Honestly, the, the idea that that occurs to me, oh, man, I could just turn the mic off now. I could just turn the mic off now and not do anything else and I'd be satisfied. That makes me sad though because I know there's a lot more to do and Evan and I have plans for golf in LA, for golf around the world, for doing things for the game of golf that I don't even know what they are yet. I don't know. It's kind of like an artist. When they pull out a piece of paper and a pen, do they have a plan? They might have an idea. But having an idea and having a plan are different, right? I love the planning stage. The planning stage is when you really can do anything, you know? It's kind of like when you walk up to the first tee or the day before you play that special course, you know? I know what it's like. The day before you play that special course you've been looking through for a while on a buddy's trip, and you get out on the first tee, and you're like, I know it's a dogleg left. I'm going to aim at the bunker, and I'm going to pull it back. And then you hit the ball, and it's not necessarily that, and you got to deal with reality. So plans are great, but, you know, the reality always comes out different. You know what they say, God, you know how to make God laugh, right? coming from an atheist, I'll tell you, you tell them your plans. That's how you make God laugh. But anyway, the idea of asunder, right, is that we all have our own lives. Each and every person on this planet has a completely individual story. 
with hopes and dreams and sadness and failure and success and friends and family and future and past, goals, jobs, fun things to do. They may not play golf yet, right? The question you ask somebody is, do you play golf? And they say, no. And then you say, not yet. Because it's your job to get people interested in golf. I don't know if you know that. It's your job. Each and every one of us, when we go out to the course, we, it's our responsibility to say hi, because that person might be you the first time you played golf. And I don't know if you remember the first time you played golf, but I do. I didn't feel welcome. I didn't feel welcome. And sometimes I still don't feel welcome. It's gotten better because I stopped caring, <laughs> which is a nice feeling. But you got to remember, that's a big rule. The new person has priority. They are the first person to tee off, right? That's big. So the idea of asunder, I don't even know how I got into it, but the reality that we're all here doing the same things, but ultimately it's completely different. That's big. That's big. So let's enjoy that next round. Let's enjoy the neutral person wherever they are, however they respond to you. It doesn't mean anything. It's not personal. But we can look at them and say, hi, thank you. That's great. What's your name? Where are you from? That's interesting. I'm from there too. Earth, you say? <laughs> All right, Earthlings. Have a great week. I hope you enjoy whatever you're up to. I'm feeling very grateful and happy and, and peaceful out here in the desert. Palm Springs has that quality, right? There's, there's some type of reason that Palm Springs is here, and I think it's geological. There's something going on under the ground. It's like a vortex, I think. I think there was an oasis in downtown Palm Springs that has some type of relaxing quality. You've got these huge mountains, this nice hot desert air even at night. So get out to Palm Springs. Get out to whatever course you're at. Take a deep breath on that first tee and watch your plans drift away like a garbage bag in the wind. <laughs> oh, don't hold on to those plans. Make new ones. Be in the moment. You know, I find myself needing to be in the moment down here because a lot of times work is not in the moment. I mean, it depends. There's work that's in the moment where we're shooting and it's like real, real in the moment. But then there's also the work that's like, what are we going to do this? We got to do that. I got to, I got to do that in the past. I got to edit that. I got to do that. I got to write that. Oh, I got to do the podcast. Got to do this. Got to, oh, we got to make that hotel. Got to book that. But then there's the reality of I need to live in the moment, man. I need to just be here now. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. If you're curious on that, read the book. Wherever you go, there you are. It's a great book. Read Zen Golf. Obviously, you've heard Dr. Joe pontificate on golf. If you listen to the podcast, that's a great one. All right, y'all. I'm going to go uh, enjoy your Mondays. Happy Monday. Best day of the week. Enjoy it. Enjoy the round. Hit me up with any questions. I need some fuel for next Sunday. I'm sorry, next Monday. Maybe I record the podcast on Sunday, but who knows? It's Monday for you. Have a great week, everybody. Much love. And, uh, hey, you know, hit it straight or try your best or don't, whatever. Or just have fun primarily. <laughs>